I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. It is Friday, and football season is officially here. Yes, it might be Nevada versus New Mexico State at 10 p.m. Eastern time on ESPN2, but football season is here. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, of course, Sirius XM Channel 80. I am not uh, either, Chris. Uh, my name is Braden Gall. His name is Nick Friedel. Nick, how are you on this wonderful Friday afternoon? Football season, baby. It is here, officially, with college football starting on Saturday. It's great to be with you, buddy. And in hearing you discuss the opening of week zero, of which we'll get into here over the next few hours, I am really, really excited to be able to flip on the TV and see Vanderbilt versus Hawaii. I feel like it's a rite of passage for me every year to text my buddy and go, okay, we going with Hawaii or not? Are we taking the points or not? I cannot tell you how many years and my friend and I have had this conversation, but we're well into at least 10 now on the same one. So knowing that football is back and we'll have that ability to go back and forth on what we're betting on, that is an exciting time. Yes, we, we are not going to dive into the newly formed Timmy Chang offense and what it's going to do <laughs> to the Clark Lee defense. That's not what we're going to talk about today on the show. However, here's one piece of advice because I want to get to I want to get to Trey Lance and the San Francisco 49ers because I'm going to I'm going to say some things that, that might cause people to, to question my stability mentally, of course, here on the show in just a second. But I want to start with uh, if you care like Vanderbilt, like an eight-point favorite against Hawaii. Here, here's the way you make Saturday night interesting if, you're, if you want to watch legitimate college football that's actually a game that matters. Take the Vandy, the two-and-a-half season total over. Take the over because Saturday oh night my. is a must-win must, must win situation for the Vanderbilt Commodores. You're, you're telling me, Brayden, you're telling me to take a <laughs> Vandy win total over? Take it over, baby. That, it over. <laughs> that goes against everything I've ever seen in my life. Oh my gosh! Okay, well, uh, I I don't know if I'm ready for that, but uh, all I keep thinking is if an SEC team as bad as Vandy is can't go and knock out Hawaii and beat them by a couple touchdowns, that is really really disappointing. But that's the fun of college football, and I'm just glad it's back. The yeah, that's all that matters is that you have something to watch when the wife and the kids are asleep on Saturday night. I've got something to do. In the evening, me and the dog and some whiskey. I can't, I can't, I don't know if there'll be pants involved. There may not be pants involved, but I'll be watching Vanderbilt in Hawaii. There's no question about that. Maybe some Nevada and some uh, New Mexico State and some Yukon. There's all kinds of good stuff, Nebraska and Northwestern, but that's not what we're here to do. We're here to talk about the San Francisco 49ers here on Canty and Carlin, of course, presented by Progressive Insurance. Protect the stuff you love with renter's insurance. Visit Progressive dot com Nick Friedel Braden Gall in for the guys now here's what I want to say because Trey Lance finishes up the preseason 7 of 11 49 yards doesn't score in any of his drives he finishes the, the preseason 11 for 16 for 141 yards and a touchdown that is 8.8 yards per attempt which is which is excellent although most of that came off of one big touchdown pass and was almost 70 percent completion percentage there's still a lot of questions about his ability to perform 
Here's the thing. I think he is he will be developed throughout the course of the season. And the questions are how concerning should we how concerned should we be? Is he better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Here's what I'm gonna say, Nick, and I'm just gonna roll the grenade out on a Friday afternoon and see what you see what you think. San Francisco 49ers are gonna win the Super Bowl, boys. Oh. That's it. Full oh, stop. Oh my full stop. Full stop. This is this is the is there a better constructed football team outside of the quarterback position? than the San Francisco 49ers. Coaching staff, defensive line, offense, running game, receiving core, you name it. Is there a better constructed football team outside of the quarterback position than the San Francisco 49ers? I don't think so, but that's the most important position there is. <laughs> if you don't have a good quarterback, you are not winning. Unless you're showing me the Ravens defense from 20-some-odd years ago with Trent Dilfer as the game manager. You can't win unless your quarterback is making a few plays. And, Braden, that's the issue for me with the Niners, and I, I covered them a lot the last few years in the Bay before I moved over to New York. There was always that question in the last year, especially when Trey Lance came on the scene, which was, is he ready and is he already good enough to be that guy and better than Jimmy G? And I can tell you, having watched a, a snippet of the game last night, and <laughs> in a moment or two when he got those snaps last season, there are major questions. When you talk to the people that have been around that team and that follow that team and uh, are covering that team on a daily basis, even in training camp the last few weeks, there have been questions. So I love the Niners as a group, but the idea that they're going to win the Super Bowl and they've got a quarterback who nobody is sure what he's going to be able to bring uh, week after week, that is a major, major concern, even if you love Kyle Shanahan. Hey, I, I, they're about sixth or seventh in the betting odds favorite to win the Super Bowl. So, again, they're, they're not a, a long shot here. It's good value play. But here's my argument. This is my argument for the, the Niners to win the Super Bowl, aside from the fact that they have everything else you would ever possibly need to be successful. It is not about what Trey Lance is today. It's not about what Trey Lance is in week one or week four or week seven. It is about what Trey Lance is as a player in December and January. And I trust Kyle Shanahan, the running game, the weapons around him, the way they call plays, the defense, that he will begin the season, quote-unquote, worse than Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think he finishes the season worse than Garoppolo. And Garoppolo has gotten them to almost two Super Bowls. So if they're that close with Garoppolo, and you're telling me by December or January, you've got a player that is not only efficient – but also brings that extra dynamic piece to the offense that Jimmy G lacked, that is all I need to know about the Niners going into the playoffs. You know, in an NFC where the path to the big game is wide open and as easy as it's ever been. Here's my worry there. When you watch the Niners in the last few years, any Niners fan will tell you they're just waiting for Jimmy to make that bad pick. (laughs) That bad throw. It's like the starter who's running hot. For four or five innings, and then you know that bad inning is on the horizon. You were always waiting for that Jimmy mistake. But, Brayden, Jimmy also made several plays throughout the game where you went, okay, we can see it, and he can get us right to the precipice of greatness. He just couldn't get you over the hump. My worry in watching Trey Lance and knowing how much room he still has to grow is that when you're seeing a younger player develop, If he's that far behind, are you worried that in the beginning he's going to lose you more games than Jimmy would have, thus putting you in a more precarious position 
when those later games come and you feel like, in this hypothesis, that he's getting better towards November and December? I, those are all very valid and reasonable questions, Nick. I I just think that you look at look at look at the last two NFC teams to to win the Super Bowl. Neither one won their division, and they both got better as the season went along. And they both were playing their best football in December and January. And it didn't really matter. That we it definitely doesn't matter if you have to go to Green Bay in the NFC Championship game. We know Aaron Rodgers and the Packers are going to lose that game. So <laughs> like we've already seen the Niners. The Niners have, the Niners own them in that situation. Trust me, I say this. As a shareholder, Nick, I say that as a shareholder, oh, my, my grandfather and my father are my grandfather's rolling over in his grave right now. Listening to me say that, but I, I don't have any faith in them. I don't have any faith in the Packers finishing the deal with less weaponry than they had last year. The Rams, Matthew Stafford's arm might fall off by week nine. We don't know. That's a weird situation. I just see the path wide open and I see them being better at the end of the year. So that's listen. If you disagree, I get it. Nick Ferdell, Braden Gall in here for the guys, Canty and Carlin on ESPN radio, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. If you want to question my mental stability, I'm fine with that. But I got the Niners winning the whole stinking thing, dude, winning the whole thing. I got money on it, too. How about that? (laughs) Well, that's how you know that you really mean it. But, Braden, look, I'm with you on the rest of that roster. That is a highly decorated, very proud group that knows how to win. They just haven't won in the biggest moment. But if Lance gives them that boost that they've been looking for, which is the reason why they made the deal, which is the reason why they gave up all the picks, and they said, this is our guy, I would think if you're a believer like you are, you're sitting there thinking, well, the confidence that the organization can give this young quarterback by handing him the reins and saying, hey, it's your show. Go make it happen for us. We believe in you. This is that moment for him, and he doesn't have to do everything because of all the other talent that's on the roster. But, Braden, this is why I'm worried. At some point, even if it's later in the year, it's got to be Trey Lance to make the big throws and make the big plays and at times be able to lift up the rest of the group. He's got the talent on paper to do it. He hasn't proven it at this level yet, and now is his time to show it. Yeah. I, I totally agree. I can't argue with anything you just said. I'm just I'm riding with the Niners this year, baby. Give, give me give me Trey Lance to be better than Jimmy G when it counts, which is at the end of the season. Talk yep. about a star player who has elevated his team, arguably the best player in the NFL. He was swinging helmets at opponents all day yesterday. But will the NFL do anything about it? We will discuss that after Nick tells you about FanDuel. FanDuel, Braden, let's go start the second half of the baseball season the right way and turn K's into cash and big hits into big wins with FanDuel Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can step up to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just sign up using promo code PLAY, place your first bet, and FanDuel will give you up to $1,000 back in match bets if you don't win. Download the FanDuel Sportsbook app and sign up using promo code PLAY to get started with your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000.
21 plus and present in Arizona, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Louisiana. Permitted parishes only. Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, West Virginia, or Wyoming. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as is non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Illinois. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342-1-888-797-777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-877-70-STOP in Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467 369 in New York, Tennessee Redline, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming, or visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Canty and Carlin here on ESPN Radio. Nick Friedle, Braden Gall in for the guys. And Aaron Donald, the, the Bengals and the Rams, joint practice. They get together. Things get a little heated. Aaron Donald seen, of course, with some grainy internet video footage, swinging the helmet during a brawl. I was standing maybe 30 feet away from the Titans-Bucks fight at the end of their practice two weeks last week when uh, Leonard Fournette thought it was a wise idea to swing on Jeffrey Simmons, who had a helmet on, which, again, is one of the dumbest things I've ever heard of in sports, trying to punch a guy with a helmet on. It's just insanely ridiculous to me, Nick. But Aaron Donald swinging the helmet. Uh, Adam Schefter called it assault, I believe, on ESPN yesterday. It's not something to be laughed about, but nobody got hurt, so everybody's okay. Here's the issue, though. The NFL does not regulate and control and punish practices the NFL teams do. I don't think anyone expects the Rams to suspend their player for any number of games because of what happened in practice. This, I think there are some differences between the Miles Garrett incident on national TV with a quarterback with his helmet off than this particular incident. But that, Miles Garrett got six games, and Aaron Donald, we're waiting to see what will happen. Nick, your thoughts on punishment for Aaron Donald and what should or shouldn't happen here with this situation? I don't think it was that bad, Braden, and certainly I'd be surprised if the league would step in. I don't think he's going to get suspended if it's left up to the team's discretion. The Rams aren't going to put Aaron Donald down and say, hey, big fella, sorry about what happened in a training camp practice. Right. But having said that, at some point, if these continue to pop up, and certainly we've seen more of them in the, the last year or so and in this training camp bubble in the schedule that we're in, if we start to see more, the NFL is going to come down at some point because we know that nothing gets in front of that shield, and when it's bad for the brand, they take a lot more notice. In this particular case, I think that Donald will be okay, but uh, I think it's only a matter of time before the NFL goes, "Eh, you guys cannot do this anymore. We're getting too much negative publicity from it, and we have to be able to control even more than we used to. Yep. Here is Adam Schefter, ESPN NFL analyst, on how and what the NFL can actually do with Aaron Donald. The league stance is this. Clubs are responsible for overseeing the conduct of their own players at practice, including joint practices between two teams like the one today between the Bengals and the Rams. So any discipline that would be handed down against the Rams defensive tackle, Aaron Donald, would have to come from the Rams themselves. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the Rams are not going to suspend Aaron Donald for their season opening game two weeks from tonight (laughs) against the Buffalo Bills and that Aaron Donald is expected to play in the regular season opener. I don't think the Rams will take that drastic of an action against their all-world defensive linemen. Adam Schefter there, Nick Fredell, Braden Gall in for the guys, Canty and Carlin. And 
So there's the deal. The NFL has no power in theory in this situation. Now, we know what can actually happen, right? You can have a a backroom phone call. I'm not sure why the backroom phone calls always happen in a backroom, but they always do. It's probably a smoky room with, like, a closed door with, like, lots of leather chairs and, like, you know, like like it probably smells of red wine. I don't know. That's where those meetings happen. But – I, I, you can probably say something to an owner, right? Like, like Roger Goodell could probably say, hey, look, we need to do something here, whether it's a fine or whatever. So there's two competing trains of thought here. What, you're, what you just said, Nick, which is that we can't have all this continuing to happen, getting worse and worse, bubbling up, having it be a bad PR situation for the NFL. The other side of this is it's just training camp practice, boys. It's just not that big of a deal. This was Ryan Clark, ESPN NFL analyst, on maybe we're taking practice a little too seriously. I think we, we, we want to be outraged about the wrong damn things, right? We, we, when, when people ain't stepped in locker rooms, when people ain't stepped on fields, they want to say these things, and then they get out of football, the same people that have fought, the same people that have torn off helmets, and they say, oh, my God, they're at practice fighting, right? They should be suspended. And I think right now we're getting to the point where we're being way too sensitive about the wrong things. So I have two. I am very two competing lines of thought on this, Nick. I, again, I just watched one of these take place literally thirty feet in front of me, and my only thought while watching this wasn't like, "Oh, what a bad look for the NFL." It was, "What are you morons doing? Like, why are you punching each other with helmets on right. with your closed fists? Like, it makes no sense." Miles Garrett gets six games for doing something similar. Difference being, it was on national television with a quarterback, and I think more importantly, who had his helmet off. Now, can we expect players to just, in the heat of the moment, recognize who does or doesn't have a helmet on? Like, I think I would recognize that in a fight, but I'm not an NFL player. So where do you fall on overreacting to practice versus NFL has a PR problem they need to solve? I don't think that we are at a PR problem yet, and Braden, I think the key here in all – these different leagues are going through it. But part of the issue and what the NFL has to account for, and to Ryan's point, these fights have been going on all the time for years and years. The difference is in the 24-hour news cycle and with the, the popularity of social media from all kinds of different channels and everybody has a camera in their hands now and has access to Twitter – That's why this is popping up more than it might have in the past because it is everywhere. And if you want to see it, you can see it instantaneously. This one looked uh, a a lot like Miles Garrett uh, from a little while ago, and and there were certain memories there uh, that you could see. But at the same time, if you're going through practices and these fights have always taken place, uh, I don't see the need right now to get out in front of it in some major way. If you do that in a game in front of the national TV spotlight, things are going to change. But, Braden, for me, I if I'm the NFL, I'm not laying the hammer down and I'm yeah. chalking it up for the time being as something that has always happened and will continue to and we can keep it in order as best we can for now. I, I completely agree. I think Ryan Clark is right. I think you're right. We should not overreact to skirmishes in practice where we have 200 gladiators physically battling for their career livelihoods. Like, I don't think it's that big of a deal to have a little skirmish or brawl or fight or whatever break out. I think it's pretty natural, and it's happened, you know, again, like you said, for 100 years. Could could they levy a heavier fine here to send a message about one thing specifically? Swinging helmets. Yep. 
swinging helmets is a different thing than some pushing and shoving and some punching and some tackling. Like, swinging a helmet at somebody, if Mason Rudolph gets hit by the helmet, like, who knows what happens to him? Like, that, Miles Garrett is not a small dude. So, I think also the issue here is the hypocrisy, how it v- looks like a hypo- hypocritical situation. And this has kind of been the issue with the NFL and NCAA in a lot of places in, in professional sports and amateur sports is why, why is Tom Brady getting four games and Deshaun Watson getting six? Now it's 11. Like, why, why is Miles Garrett getting six and Aaron Donald getting none because it happened to be practice? Like, it just doesn't feel right, even if there are reasons for that. And I think that's where people as fans have a problem and a concern with this. So send a fine, send a message. You, you, the Rams aren't going to suspend him, okay? It's not. It's not no. It's not, it's not going to happen. <laughs> but no. but if you want to – I think the here's how the NFL can win this. Make it about swinging helmets. and Just like targeting, right? Where You can hit the shoulder, but you can't hit the head. You can, you can, you can punch and fight and scrap and claw in a, in a practice, but you cannot swing a helmet. But swing a helmet, get 50K. Bingo. Like, that's it. And, and I think – I guarantee you, I, I would stop swinging helmets if I was going to get fined $50,000 every time that happened. Nick Friedel, Braden Gall in for the guys – the, the AFC is completely wide open. What is the correct level of expectation for the Miami Dolphins? We'll ask Jeff Darlington that and more when he joins us next. This is Canty and Carlin, Braden Gall and Nick Ferdell in for the guys on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. His name is Nick Ferdell. My name is Braden Gallin for the guys here on a, a festive Friday, a festive football Friday, Nick, as we've got college football taking Finally. place 
of course, as is tradition, live from Dublin, Ireland. Just you know, <laughs> as as we all as we all normally grew up experiencing it as ch- as children in this country, uh, watching it live from Ireland. No, it's cool. I'm down, man. I'm down with with football overseas. I think it's cool. Um, we're gonna get to some Miami Dolphins stuff here uh, in just a second. Of course, Canty and Carlin pre- pre- presented, excuse me, by Progressive Insurance. Save on commercial auto insurance from Progressive. Get a fast quote at progressivecommercial.com. Nick, before we get to the Dolphins, I just want to know. It's kind of a, the old two-part question here, but have you ever seen an AFC this deep and this wide open? And have you ever seen this level of imbalance in the NFL? Because I know in the 90s it was all NFC, and then the AFC kind of came back to power with Tom Brady. It's kind of been back and forth, but it feels more imbalanced this year than, I've, than I can ever remember. Brayden, I can't remember the AFC being this strong. And to the point of imbalance, what it reminds me of especially somebody who's covering the NBA on a daily basis, of the imbalance that there has been for so long, maybe up to last season, where it was like the West was loaded and the East had a couple teams right. that you thought, okay, well, maybe they can get to the finals. That's it. That's how it feels like in the in the AFC in a major way right now. You never know how it all shakes out. But on paper, especially that AFC West, it is deep talented and there are going to be a hell of a lot of good games especially early on god I, th- those were the days when my new york knickerbockers would be the three seed or the four seed with an, a record under 500 all right you're like what are we doing it's, this isn't sports what are we doing why why aren't there good players in the eastern covers um no i i and, and especially the quarterback position like i know we've beaten this to to death here during the off season, but I, I mean if ryan Tannehill is the 12th best quarterback in a conference like in the not in the NFL in the conference that's like Trevor Lawrence might be the tenth best quarterback in the AFC. That is absurd levels of quarterback play in the AFC right now. And the craziest part to me, as somebody who expects a big time bounce back here for old Trevor Lawrence, Braden, a little short while ago we were all talking about Trevor Lawrence as the next can't miss prospect. He was it was Andrew Luck, then it was Trevor Lawrence, and this guy is going to be it. And there are a lot of people around the league who think, ah, okay, get Doug Peterson in there, get him in the right system, get away from that whole Urban Meyer mess. We're going to start to see the guy we saw at times at Clemson. And to think that he's the 10th best guy, that is an embarrassment of riches right now in the conference. And it goes to show you that when people were so concerned six, seven years ago, ah, I don't know if the NFL has that next wave of stars I don't know if they have the type of high-level quarterbacks that are going to be needed to make these teams as good as they can be. There is a lot of talent. There's a lot of talent on the horizon. And this conversation only breathes more life into the fact that the NFL is king and the gap between the NFL and everybody else is a very, very wide one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to hear from – we're going to hear from Tyreek Hill in just a second because he's continuing – to, to just talk all the time. He's just talking all offseason, podcasts, TV shows, radio shows, to his quarterback, about his quarterback. He's just talking all the time. So we'll find out what Tyreek Hill had to say next. But I, I find it interesting, like a, a sentence you're not going to hear much uh, around the football world. I'd like to talk more about Trevor Lawrence for a second. I, he, here's the thing. I'm a huge believer in having a mature, grown adult in a position of power. And, and I think that changes the organizational culture of any business you have. It, there are so many examples of guys that just aren't prepared to be head coaches, in, especially in college football. Yeah, they, they're just not ready for it. They're just they, they aren't sort of grown up, mature adults that, that can actually handle 
the pressures and, and the, the breadth of what it takes to be a CEO at a big program, in particular in college. But that's not any different in the NFL. And Urban Meyer was not a mature, grown adult man in charge of other mature, grown adult men. And I think while Doug Peterson may not be the guy who can – and this is going to be a bad sentence here uh, – may not be the guy you think can win a Super Bowl with Jacksonville because he, he already has. But I, I think just that leveling up from complete and utter chaos to just standard maturity levels, just normal levels of adult maturity – I think allows for Trevor Lawrence to have a significantly better season this year. And Bra- I am buy- I'm buying in on Trevor Lawrence having a much better year. Braden, the other part to that is players always know. They know how bad things are when things are going wrong direction, and they know when they've got pros up at the top, at yep. the highest levels of an organization, and how that filters down. And I think that is crucial. Yep. When you bring in a guy like Peterson who's won a Super Bowl, who has – the offensive capability to getting guys in the right place and has the reputation as a guy who can make quarterbacks work in his system, there's got to be a sigh of relief inside that Jacksonville locker room that they're not dealing with all the other crap that they dealt with last season with Urban Meyer and all the different things that happened. So on a basic level, pros always understand when they're in the right positions to succeed. And I can tell you in my experience, not only being around the NBA, but being in clubhouses in MLB and being around the NFL here and there, when you have the framework of a team that knows that everybody is pulling in the same direction and knows their job and how to do it well, that is what starts to come through when you're playing on the field. And it can only help when that structure is in place by all accounts in Jacksonville it seems like Doug Peterson has started to get the building blocks in place that he needs to have success, and at the forefront of that, of course, is Trevor Lawrence. You don't have to agree with everybody you work with to be successful. You don't even have to mm-hmm. get along with everybody that you work with to be successful. You can have plenty of disagreements and and, and, and feel differently about strategy and, and all these different things, but there has to be some level of respect. There has to be some level of mutual uh, uh, respect, and Clearly no one respected Urban Meyer, and I'm not sure why anyone has for years, but no one did, and it, it affected everything. And again, I want to be clear. I'm not suggesting that Doug Peterson is some brilliant guy who's going to step in and make this a Super Bowl championship team and that he should be mentioned with Andy Reid and Bill Belichick and Mike Tomlin and all these other great guys. But, like, he's at least a base level of respect and adult maturity that he brings to the table, and I think that changes Trevor Lawrence's career trajectory. If Sam Darnold got that in year one in the, for the Jets, I think that would have made his career different. And now he's backing up Baker Mayfield in Carolina. So I think it is a huge – I mean, if, if we need no other evidence about your surroundings and your environment mattering, just look at Matthew Stafford. Like, Matthew Stafford is all you need to know about where you go has as much to do with your success as who you are as a player. So uh, we'll get to plenty of uh, Dolphins talk and some Tyreek Hill stuff in, in just a minute, but – Nick, I, I don't know if you heard this, buddy. Did you did you hear? Did you hear? <laughs> Kevin Durant is coming back to Brooklyn. Are the Nets getting oh. too much attention? <laughs> I'm gonna let Nick explore the studio space. This is Candy Carlin. Next on ESPN Radio. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is the deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Nick Friedle, Braden Gall in for the guys, and, and Nick Saban, you know, you remember when uh, just like last week, I think, LeBron James signed that like $100 million two-year extension, Nick? Uh, Nick Saban basically has the same thing, and if you were worried about Nick Saban's bank account, rest easy uh, as he signed this long extension through, <laughs> through 2030, because I know many people were losing sleep about Nick Saban's A lot financial, of sleep. financial situation. <laughs> uh, he's 70 years old, and he says he feels like a young man, quote-unquote, I feel like a young man, must be nice at 70. And uh, is going to coach through the end of the contract, which I believe was ninety something, ninety three million dollars, and it's going to be through the year twenty thirty. He's already won seven national championships. Um, do you expect him to stay? That that would put him at seventy eight years old, coaching all the way through the end of his contract. I mean, the guy's in great health, and uh, money tends to keep you keep you healthier these days, uh, especially when you got that kind of money coming in, Braden. This guy is playing for legacy. Because he's got all the money that uh, he, he could ever want. He's got the prestige. He's viewed by so many as the greatest coach in college football history. He wins another title this year, and it will only augment what he's already done. But I look at Saban the same way I look at Bill Belichick, and it's no surprise that those two have had this long, enduring friendship for so many decades. They know they're playing against history. And when you've had as much success as those two have had, and you know you can still have a team that can get you to the top, especially in Alabama's case, if you're saving and you're making that much money and you're still healthy and enjoying it, why not keep rolling and adding to a legacy that you can put so far ahead of anybody else, it'll be tough to top. So what makes Saban great is not just his football acumen and his work ethic and all the things that, you know, an elite coach on the field, X's and O's and development-wise. It's also his ability to CEO and recruit, which is not a part of the NFL. How much how, – how do you compare – like, Nick Saban's the greatest college coach of all time. How do you compare that to Belichick or all the other names that you would mention, Lombardi, et cetera, in the NFL? Because, again, it's, a, it's almost like a totally different sport. Absolutely, and the hard part for Saban is as great as he is in college and has been at Alabama. Braden, we know what happened in the NFL. <laughs> that was a complete flameout. So uh, if Saban really wants a challenge, maybe he'll jump back into the NFL at the end here, but why mess with something that is going that good? I expect him to rack up a few more titles and in the yep. process 
millions upon millions of dollars. I, I do think if you dissect his time in Miami and the decision to get Breeze versus Culpepper and how it went wrong and his desire to not manage player personnel versus more hands-on in college, I think it, he's better at Miami than people think he yeah. was. But I don't know if you can quit the game and still be mentioned with the, with the greats in the NFL. So, so we shall see. More Canty and Carlin coming up next right here on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Friday edition. Of course, ESPN Radio presented by Progressive Insurance, the ESPN app, as well as SiriusXM Channel 80. His name is Nick Friedel. My name is Braden Gall. And Nick, I don't know if you noticed. I don't know if you saw this news. <laughs> what? What are, we, what are we laughing about? I can feel what's... <laughs> what's your problem? What's your, what's your problem, dude? I, mean, oh, I can feel it. <laughs> uh, I, Kevin Durant... <laughs> Is returning to Brooklyn. I'm not sure why you're laughing so hard about this, but he is going to attempt to play basketball with Kyrie Irving in the Brooklyn Nets this year. Um, listen, I we we, we kind of joke a little bit, so I I do want to know in a legitimate question how relevant is this team going to be this year? Because my biggest issue with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant is that I am exhausted by it. I, there are so many great young talents in this, in this league right now. I am three hours down the road from a superstar named John ja Morant that captures my attention every single night he plays. The Timberwolves. The, the Mavericks have a point guard who is changing the way you play the position to some degree. Like, there are so many wonderful things about this sport, and yet we just get sucked into the gravitational force that is Kevin Durant. I, I just uh, – how good are they going to be? Just answer me that, please, Nick. They're going to be very good. They're going to be very good. But, Braden, of course, the question is, not only can all three of those guys, Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, Ben Simmons, stay healthy, and can they find some cohesiveness on the floor given that Kyrie and KD haven't played with Ben Simmons at all. They don't know how that's going to go. The question is, can they maintain – a calmness and a status quo inside the locker room all year. And as somebody who was around that team every day the second half of last season, that's my biggest question. It's not, are the Nets going to be good? Because the answer is yes, they're going to be very good. If they're there together, they get Joe Harris back, Seth Curry gets another year to find his way in Steve Nash's offensive system. They have a lot of talent on that roster and they're going to be really good. But my issue with them is there was so much rockiness behind the scenes and so much what if. And and last year it was with the vaccination stuff with Kyrie and James Harden wanted to get out of there in the end. What happens this year? What happens when Ben Simmons goes into a rough stretch for the first time after not playing for about a year and a half after the back surgery and the mental health concerns? Braden, this team is going to be discussed all the time this year for the same reason that it was at the back half of last year. They're the league leaders in drama. <laughs> and we, ESPN, we love the drama. Fans love the drama. The Nets are at the forefront of all the drama. And the only way, in a lot of cases, to wash away that drama, especially in the NBA, is to win at a very high level. If yeah. they do that early, the questions will at least quiet down a little bit. But the Nets, as far as a national story, aren't going anywhere. 
DPM, drama per minute, their their efficiency work rate is off the charts. <laughs> off the charts. Off the charts with the Nets. Uh, Charles Barkley, you guys have heard of him. Here were his thoughts on uh, Kevin Durant's happiness. He piggybacked on the Warriors to win his first champion, two championships. But if you go back and look at his career, as the best player and being a leader that all goes with that, he's been an abject failure. I mean, every time he's been like the guy who has to be the leader and the best player, uh, he has not had success. It's true. And that's what us old guys think about him until he becomes the leader and best player on a championship team where he has to deal with all the responsibility, all the media stuff that goes with it, expectations. So we're always going to hold that against him. Uh, but, man, he just seems like a miserable person, man. I call him Mr. Miserable. He's never going to be happy. Oh, my gosh. Charles Barkley, of course, that was on uh, Bickley and Marota mornings on 98.7. Uh, I love Charles Barkley's self-awareness where he's like, us old folk, we like to call him, we like to, we, we think he's miserable, us old folk. Very self-aware uh, old Chuck is, and that's what I love about him. But, I, listen, I, the, the drama's there, but, like, this is where I'm, I'm, I'm kind of mad with them. Like, I just sh- – when it's real and when it happens, it, like, don't tell me about the labor pain, show me the baby kind of thing here with this team. Like, I'm just not interested in tracking the drama anymore. Like, I'm just – I want to watch the other players in the league that are so great, that are so fun to watch, that are on every single night on my television. I just am tired of it. And it's like, you know what? Wake me up when they've when they're – 20 games over 500, and they're leading in the division, and they've got a spot in the playoffs. That's, well, when, I'm, that's when I'll pay attention. You've got a long way to go, and i add two things real quickly here. One, that is exactly why so many people love Charles Barkley, <laughs> because he pulls yeah, no punches at all. But two, Brayden, the issue here is, yes, fans, and, and I hear from fans just like you a lot, they want to hear about the other things, but there's not as much interest day-to-day, both on clicks on a website or on TV ratings, whatever your metric is, on those other teams. So that is why all this stuff comes to the forefront. Durant and these Nets, they are the biggest story coming into the this NBA yep. season. It's going to be interesting. Culture's a huge uh, thing, but... The Warriors won it because of culture. College football week zero is upon us, and we're going to make you some money. That's next right here on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.